This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Who in the world wants to listen to a bunch of sermons from old dead guys? Welcome to The Rap Report with your host, Andrew Rappaport, where we provide biblical interpretation and application. This is a ministry of striving for eternity in the Christian podcast community. For more content or to request a speaker for your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. All right, well, welcome to another edition of The Rap Report. I am your host, Andrew Rappaport. We got a great show lined up for you today, only because I happen to know who the guests are, and you don't yet. But before we get to them, uh, we do have a review. We we'll just want to read. This is uh, by Cardinal One, and gave five stars, and said, Quick information. Andrew gives a lot of information in two minutes. Great if you need a quick lesson on a number of biblical topics. He's referring to the Andrew Rapport's daily podcast, which right now, as of the recording of this one, has kind of been on hold. I haven't announced why it's been on hold yet. Some of you have been wondering. I know because I've gotten the, the contacts. Uh, I cannot say why yet. Uh, it's still on hold um, longer than I had planned because of some things going on in life. But that's the way life is. Actually, life, if you're listening to this right now, live, when this drops, life has been kind of crazy for all of us. And we've been forced to be at home. Some of people are going crazy. You're not used to being with your family that much. I happen to love the fact that I'm just at home with my bride and nowhere to go, no one to come over and visit us. I just get to be with her, just she and I. I love it. Um, she might not love it as much as I do. <laughs> but that aside, this is an unprecedented time for many of us. And I realize that for many, this is just, it's going on and on, and people are going stir-crazy. And we want to provide some encouragement at least in this episode especially, with some places you can go to take good advantage of the time you have where you're not traveling around, going out for dinner, or whatever else you might want to do, that you're sitting home and you could turn to good podcasts. And so we're going to talk about that today. And I I just want to, before I bring our, our uh, guests on, I want to mention that this uh podcast that we're going to talk about. This is something where many years ago, uh, I had this brilliant idea, and it was to create a podcast. And I talked to a couple of friends of mine, and I had this brilliant idea, so I thought, of creating a podcast where we would just put it out there and people could sign up, and they would be able to preach their favorite sermons from years ago. And the idea was that we would just get people to to randomly just go and preach a sermon, but maybe give some history about the sermon beforehand. And the idea was really not for me to do any of the work, but get everyone else to do it. See, that's the brilliance of it. And I had this idea. I talked to a couple of friends. I talked to one friend who actually was like, this is ingenious. I love it. And he actually in prep pre- preached four sermons, gave a history before it. And he was, he was anxious for this. And then I got a text message, I believe, from Colleen Sharp from Theology Gals, who's the co-host with me on So You Want to Be a Podcaster. And she's like, have you heard of these guys? Like, no. She goes, they're doing your idea. And they are. They just did it better. So I want to welcome the hosts of Revived Thoughts, Troll, Troll, Troll. I just mixed both your names together. (laughs) 
<laughs> Troy and Joel. <laughs> that was really bad. So you that guys. not the first time that has happened to us. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it happens more often than you think, actually. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, you know, I travel with, with Anthony Silvestro, and I've got in the habit of calling him Dr. Or, or Dr. Silvestro, or I just call him the dentist, so that people would call him that because he just did a debate on Apologetics Live last night, and the guy he debated was commenting to Anthony and I this morning, and he's referring to Anthony. He did this during the debate, too. He kept saying, Andrew was doing this. Andrew was saying this. And I'm like, dude, like, you don't even know who you're debating here. Well, he was doing the thing, same thing when he was writing. It was... <laughs> So I understand it. So forgive me for calling you a troll. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe what you should do is reverse the name and put it as Joel and Troy. Joel and Troy. Sure. That's, hard, it's harder to combine. Yeah. Well, and even if they do it, then it becomes joy, which isn't so bad. I guess, I guess so. Yeah. There you go. Hey, that's better than a troll. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, let, let's, let's start. Your podcast is revived thoughts. And before we get into this, we should announce that you guys are, award-winning podcasters you you guys have gotten the award from the christian podcast community a podcast community that you and i are both our shows are a part of mm-hmm. and you got the award for 2019 for best christian podcast of the year so congratulations on that first off Thank you so much. We were really excited. We were also really surprised. Even when you sent an email and like you guys are nominated, I was like, that's so cool. I can't wait to see the list and tell everyone, look at the other podcasts we got to be with. When you told us we won, I literally just was like, I don't believe this. Yeah, this is yeah, very it was, surprising. It was really, it was really exciting and it was an awesome surprise. Yeah. And uh, we did, we won a little bit of a cash bonus from you guys, a little gift card. And that went straight into our fund to buy new microphones, which we are using now. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. We have, we have, it was a massive improvement over what we had before. <laughs> yes, I, I being that my view of you know dynamic mics, the, the snowball versus an ATR twenty one hundred, love the choice. Yeah, <laughs> good, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now you guys are, are right now together. Let's let's just establish the fact that you are six feet apart from one another. Correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. Maybe we, even further. All right. We, don't, we want to just make sure that you keep your distance from one another. Social distancing, of course. Yeah. Yes. I mean, now that you don't have to share a mic, you're not coughing right. all over the same mic. And all right, good. And this so, was filmed way or recorded way before the COVID-19 stuff. So obviously we didn't, we didn't even know about it at the time. Yeah, exactly. That's, right. that's why that that's fine. <laughs> so, so let's talk about your podcast and and I'm, I it was it was on that as soon as Colleen sent me the first episode of your podcast I was like I mean what you guys did and and the it's the irony that you guys thought of it completely independent of me and yet you did it much better than what I had planned because you the the format of your show is the two of you talking about the history of the sermon not someone else you guys talk about it and you guys provide that and then you guys get someone else to preach the sermon. And so there's probably people going like, well, I could listen to a sermon, you know, on sermon audio or at my church. What makes these sermons different? Yeah. And so we kind of went through a lot of renditions as far as what we wanted the show to look like, because Troy and I, neither one of us are, are voice actors. You know, we, we love to, to host a podcast, um, but we also thought it would be neat to have a different voice kind of each doing doing each sermon each week. And these are from men all throughout history. So, I mean, from a 100 years ago to some, you know, 1200 years ago, they, they, they're ranged through all of church history. Um, and so there's a lot of different opportunities for different voices voices to come through, but we still wanted to kind of have a show to, to host and to talk about. And so we came up with this format of doing this introductory history backstory kind of portion of the the podcast where we spend the first five, 10 minutes kind of setting up the setting of what was the era, what were the audience that this sermon is being preached to what's going on in the world at that time. Uh, You know, where's this speaker coming from? What's his past? What's his upbringing? And it kind of gives better context and kind of makes, you know, our hope is that it it makes that sermon seem a bit more real and kind of more grounded with it. And you, I mean, you were talking about coming up with this idea and, you know, us kind of simultaneously coming up with it. That was that was one thing that we were terrified about yeah. in production of the show because we we were we, we loved the idea 
and it took us a long time to get going. There's probably about seven months of no, prep work. No, it's a year and a half. Was it a I year and a half? The first time we discussed it was November of 2017. I yeah. was still living in China for a long time, and we did not publish our first episode till May of 2019. Sure. So there was a year and a half between the two. Yeah. Between and that, here's an idea, and we have yeah. an episode ready to publish. And that whole time, we're, we're researching old sermons. We're kind of uh, modernizing the language so that it's not in the old King's English. That whole time, we're kind of you know trying out different recording techniques. There's a lot of test episodes that we kind of put put yeah. shelved um and that whole time we were we were thinking it's got to be any day where someone else is going to come out with the same idea but thankfully i think we we beat most of the competition to to the airtime uh so i it's it's it was just a matter of time before someone came out with it though so i don't want to be selfish but i'm glad i'm glad we got to it before you did. Yeah. and the other <laughs> thing too you you mentioned why these sermons there is there is truth that can be understood from the historical perspective that we today just don't see we every sermon if you're like me you have a few people pastors you like to listen to um obviously joel osteen Creflo dollar no i'm kidding but you have some people you probably enjoy listening oh, to boy. those weren't um, sermons <laughs> and um, and when you listen to them, they're all great, but they're almost all from the West, and they're all mm-hmm. from you know the recent sermons from this week, this month, this year. That's good because they can really relate to you. They're talking to you and your culture. But it's cool to go back and hear people from Germany in the 1500s, to hear people from Rome in the 400s or 300s, to hear these voices, and, and it's really cool because you can see what we have in common is still the story mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. But some of the differences really helps me understand my walk with God better. They have thoughts and they have ideas and they see things differently. They're living through persecution and famines and wars that we don't live through. So there's a perspective that we can kind of lack and they can help supplement that. So it's it's this really cool thing where I'm strengthened because I see my faith is not as so consistent, but I'm also also challenged because I'm seeing things from a new perspective that I would have never gotten access to. So let let me start with your backgrounds because... Other than the fact that you stole my idea, made it better, and took <laughs> off with it, and then made it an award-winning podcast, I'm not, I'm not jealous or envious or upset <laughs> in any way. No, <laughs> but but let let's start with your backgrounds. You know, I mean, you mentioned you were from China. You didn't. Were you the one that brought COVID nineteen over? Just for the oh, record. Boy. No, no okay. I'm sure I brought over other things from <laughs> there. I got sick all the time in China, so yeah. there is that. But I, I did not bring that over. But yeah, I was teaching for two years in China, and um, it you're, was not, very, you're not from China. You were, yeah. you, you went over there to teach. Just for a bit. taught. Actually, Joel and I, we met at a uh, Bible college in Kansas City, and then I went over to China for a couple of years. Also taught in Miami for a little while. I was a teacher. Now I'm a uh, children's pastor. And during that time I was in China, it was lonely. I was on the other side of the world. So my time difference was very different. And so when I was messaging people, it was either late at night, early in the morning. So it gave me the midday where I had nothing to do, but you know, my job. Uh, So that was pretty boring. And when I wasn't doing my job, I was just reading books and stuff. And somewhere in that time, I just kept thinking like, it'd be cool because I was reading a lot of the old big books of history. I'm talking like good ones like Martin Luther's bondage of the will, but also bad ones like Karl Marx's communist manifesto. I just wanted to read the books that changed the world. And somewhere in there, my brain started to think about like, well, what if we read the sermons that changed the world? And that kind of was one of the things that kind of helped push us in the direction of coming up with this idea. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Troy and I became really good friends in Bible. It was back 2011. We met um, freshman year of Bible college and um, we, remained really good friends even when he moved away to, to teach at China. And so he called me up one night. I, I forget what it was. We were just chatting about stuff and we were shooting a, we were shooting a bunch of different entrepreneurial ideas. Like entrepreneurial. Had. Yeah. Uh, and so most of them were, were forgettable. Um, <laughs> this was just one that I threw in there. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, I, okay, like, how about this idea? How about we do a, a podcast that is where we just listen to old sermons that have been recreated and for some reason, it's it's stuck, and we're thought let's 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 workshop that, let's let's perfect that, and kind of make that a a, a thing. And so that's where it kind of started. And it took it took uh, as Troy said about a year and a half to fully develop, but um, we had a lot of fun making it. Um, and uh, yeah, now we're here today. So so what got you into church history? Because this is not something that a lot of people like to study, but. Mm-hmm. And, and let me preface also with this. I've no, just kind of realized that there's people who love history usually had one professor 
that they they'll remember who it is mm-hmm. that taught history in a way that it came to life. Mm-hmm. And it's like they all remember who that is, and that's usually I find that there's usually one professor that that everyone had that's like this is why I love history. I I had two, one in seminary, one in high school. But so what what brought about your love for history? Was it a professor or teacher in in school? And if so, do you, do you remember who they were? I do remember my world history teacher and also my European history teacher in high school. Mr. Derryberry was a great teacher for the most part. And he had a lot of excitement and, or at the very least I liked the class, but if I'm going to be honest, I didn't think much. I loved history. I read a lot of books when I, I was such a nerd. When I was in high school, I probably read like a hundred political nonfiction books because I just thought it was super interesting. And a lot of those have to do with, you know, the constitution and founding. So that was always like history was always a part of that kind of thing I was reading, but I will be honest. I didn't think about church history. It was uh, the podcast, Dan Carlin's hardcore history (laughs) that probably made me like reawaken to history in a way that I hadn't because he was really intensely focused on telling the story. And I really liked that because everything I learned about history in school, I felt like was just the facts. You know, there was a population of 700,000 that lived in the city and they would all, you know, they were textile makers. So they wore purple clothing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's fine. But it wasn't very interesting to me. And listening to his show brought the stories back to life where I was like, this person did this and it affected everything. And I was like, that's what I want to do. It was not really, I mean, we didn't really set out to start a church history podcast. If you had asked us along the way, we wouldn't have even realized that was what we were doing. But as we looked into the stories of each of these men, they have just incredible stories and lives. And they just kind of, we, the more we read about them, the more we were like, I got to know more about Hudson Taylor or John Calvin or whoever these guys are They're They, they live lives that did just seem larger than life most of the time. It's like, how did one person do all of this? See, that's actually where I think that what you guys did is such a huge improvement on on the idea that I had. My idea was just that people would talk about the sermon, just the sermon, and then preach it. And it'd be a way of people being able to just go and promote, hey, I'm, you know, I'm pastor of so-and-so preaching this sermon, but, you Mm -hmm. know, they could introduce themselves. That was my thought. But the history you guys provide, I, I love church history. And that's why I love, especially when you guys do, you do some of the the sermons from guys that no one knows, and yeah. there it's it's different. I mean, like Calvin. Okay, a lot of us know who Calvin is, but mm. then you you get into some. I'm, I don't remember the name of the missionary. You had a missionary I never heard of before, and it was just neat to see the background, and that's where I think it really is. So. You know, I'm glad that you're not doing like Dan Carlin yeah. with a six-hour episode, but um, <laughs> which he breaks, he breaks like all the rules for podcasting. Yes. I love it when people say, "Well, how long should my podcast be?" And everyone looks at Dan Carlin like, "Well, he does like you know four to six-hour episodes, like one yes. episode. He comes out with them every six months." So they talk right. about consistency. Well, he's he's not exactly consistent with it either. <laughs> so he breaks yeah. all the rules, but he's got like this excellent podcast. Mm-hmm. And and he does. It makes history. When you're as good as Dan Carlin, you can break the rules because you're <laughs> as good as Dan Carlin. Until you're that level, don't break the rules. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So so I mean, you you got to like. So I guess Dan Carlin would really be your the guy that got you into history and stuff. But why did you choose to take sermons from people that nobody knows? I mean, you you do some of the guys you mentioned Hudson Taylor. A lot of us know who he is. Not everyone knows some of the background. Um, Mortimer, Whitley, guys like this, uh, mm-hmm. the Golden Tongue, um, for folks who who know their church history, right? In the in the, I think he was what second century, third century, John Chrysostom, third century Chrysostom, yeah. yeah. And also, little note, you'll find that ninety percent of our pastors start with the name John. So if you're named John Jones. or <laughs> your kid is named John, you set him up for a life of pastoring, as far as I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you take a look. You know, John Cathostrom was was known as Golden Tongue because in his day, his preaching was just something to be heard. And yeah. you guys had him, well, you didn't actually have him on. You had someone pretending to be him. <laughs> but you guys went into his history um, providing a sermon that literally has been read, but no one really heard it preached for, you know, maybe 2,000 right. years. 
Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's the kind of the the motivation of the show is this idea that we we live in a modern world. We live in a in a in a world where so much content is so readily available uh, in so many different ways. You know, we constantly are are, are connected. We have smartphones. We're constantly seeing videos run. We're listening to podcasts all the time, and the the reality of these old because i mean as we said kind of implied before that the word of god is timeless it, it is so applicable um from errors past you know just as applicable back then as it is today and these old sermons are kind of you know in some ways being forgotten they're kind of like being left behind uh because they're not in formats that our modern generation really takes advantage of and really utilizes a whole lot so our motivation was hey let's get these old sermons and put them into an audio form, make it, make it easy and accessible for people to listen to. And people can hear these kind of different takes, different perspectives on, on the same things that we interact with every day or, you know, relationships with God, uh, you know, problems with our culture, government, like things that they're not new problems. They're not new concepts in the Christian, in the world of Christianity. People have dealt with these concepts for, centuries and so to hear these people from you know 500 years ago talk about kind of the same concepts of course it's different in their culture but the same concepts uh, as they as we're dealing with today is, is a really neat thing and you know you're kind of mentioning earlier having some lesser known names in there too that was also something that we thought was important too because you know we could we could make a big show about all the the most famous names and uh, that'd be fine but we wanted to kind of maybe introduce some people that haven't aren't as well known that maybe don't have a whole lot of recognition with them as well to kind of shine some light on them because we you know there's 2000 years of of church history there's 2000 years of people that have been seeking after the lord and walking with the lord and having great things to say about uh their views on the bible and Really, I mean, it's only the past 90 years or so that we've been able to kind of document it in, in a, a, a digital format, a, a, a media format. Um, and so we got roughly 1900 years of history that is just waiting to be unpacked and made available in a digital way. Yeah. And our slogan for the show is world's greatest or history's greatest sermons. And uh, we're looking for the best sermons. Some of the best preachers are not the best theologians, are not the ones we remember. We could do a show where we just put Spurgeon, Edwards, Bonhoeffer, Luther, and Calvin, and those five on rotation. And our downloads would probably be even better because those all five of those do really great. But we, the, some of the best sermons are preached by people I had never heard of. When we do the research and we find some of these sermons, I can't tell you how many times I think Joel and I both will be like, wow, I don't know who this guy was, but that was a good sermon. That was a really just something about it was just perfect. And we had never heard of the guy before. And we know, you know, and no one else, I, we literally have sermons. I don't think anybody has ever heard before. We paid for one out of a library in Britain. So we know that we're the only ones with that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really neat story. There was this, uh, this sermon that my, my wife, who is a, a musician was coming across that one, one of the things we see a lot about these people in history is that a lot of these old, pastors also were were artists uh, especially with music like they would write the hymns and stuff for their congregations and that's something that you really don't see in today's society your your head pastor of your church isn't writing worship music per se that that kind of rule's been branched off but throughout the majority of history like the the leader of the church was also writing music and so um a lot of these great names in old church music were also great leaders in the church and there was this uh, sermon that was referenced several times that George, uh, uh, what's his name, Troy? George Matheson. George Matheson. Of course, I'm blanking on it as soon as I start talking about it. George Matheson, uh, who is, is probably better known for his hymns now, um, but he there's this document of him preaching this sermon about Joe before the queen, and the queen loved it so much that she ordered it to be copied and documented in her personal uh, writings. And we, we thought that'd be a, a cool episode to kind of look into. And we did research and research trying to find this sermon. And we see all of these instances of historical accounts talking about that event, talking about that sermon and how Remember impressed the queen was. In Australia, I found like reviews from them being like great sermon preached before the queen. So like this, right. the sermon was really famous, but, but the sermon itself we, we could not find. And eventually we found uh, the hometown that George Matheson lived in, the library there had an old 
copy of it uh, in their archives. And uh, we were able to coordinate with them and get scans of that mm-hmm. and then have it emailed over to us. And we were able to, to kind of translate it into a modern reading and get that done. So as far as we know, like that is the only publicly mm-hmm. like digitally accessible version of that sermon in the entire world that, that we checked on, which was, it was a cool adventure. It was a cool oh. process to, to get that it's on our show. Cause they sent the <laughs> scan pages. So I had to run it through processors. I had to take out all the mistakes, which they made a lot. It was in the 1800s English. So, I mean, the whole process to get that from, we found this sermon to then ready to then spoken. It's, it's a lot of work, but we really enjoy it. And, there, and that's one of the other things too. Like we speak about people, every sermon, from a guy you probably haven't heard of. It's not just sitting there on like a website usually where it's like sermons you've never heard of. Usually they're in like, we live in the perfect time. Google took like all these library books and put them up as PDFs for you to find, but you have to go and copy and paste those and do a lot of work to get those ready. But it is a lot of fun. And I can also see why no one else was doing it before. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because I remember uh, Justin Peters called me up one day and he, cause I do, I plan a lot of conferences and I have, you know, I've, I've, he knows I, I've done that. And he's like, I got an idea for a conference I want to do. And I want to run it by you. He goes, I want to do a conference where we get a bunch of pastors that like n- these good preaching pastors that have no name. They have no platform. No one knows who they are. And let's put a conference together. I said, that's a great idea. I love the idea. The problem is who's going to show up if it's a bunch of people no one knows, <laughs> yeah. right? That's actually the problem we have, I think, with this whole mindset of of platform that you see in in the world today where even the the book industry has changed when when I went to write my first book I remember talking with Phil Johnson and said listen should I go self published should I go published and and he basically told me he says unless you have a huge platform going published is useless it's just the whole market changed they only care about whether you have a large platform and when I did go with one of my books that was published that the the thing that they wanted to know how many twitter followers do you have how many facebook followers do you have how many, you know just th- that was all they were really interested in i was like what about mm-hmm. the quality of the book <laughs> that, yeah. i think that moved down and this is a thing that i i love what you guys are doing with it because we we often think of the greats who've made their mark in history and there are a whole lot of guys who we don't know of and yet they made a mark maybe on a small congregation, but there's a mark I think that could be made in a generation today by what you guys are doing on the podcast, re-preaching these sermons and giving the, the, the background, the history of these different people. That's where I see that you guys are not just a sermon podcast. When, when I first started listening, I put you in the category of like sermons, that this mm-hmm. is this is a sermon but then I started to realize, no, you you guys are really in the church history category, and the sermon is really the example of the history. Because you guys, what I notice a lot of times, and for folks who are listening, you, you need to listen to Revive Thoughts to, to see this and pick this up. But what you guys do is you provide that history, that background to the sermon but so often what I find is you're in giving that setup for it. Not only are you giving the history, but you're putting the historical setting for a lot of these sermons so that all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's why that's being preached. It's not like this is being preached in a vacuum. There are times where, look, if you're, if they didn't always do expositional preaching back then, you know, verse by <laughs> verse, right? But that's actually why so much of their sermons are topical. So much of their sermons are dealing with things in that time period. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you guys give that background and then you hear the sermon and it's like, wow, if I just listen to the sermon, I've been like, oh, that's really good. That's cool. But when I listen to the, the information you give before the sermon, all of a sudden I understand the historical setting. Now, when I end up listening to that, I actually listen to that differently because I now am putting myself in the position sometimes of going, okay, that's what was going on. This is what's being addressed. And it really helps to not have it as just an old sermon that might have some good theological discussion. But now I'm seeing that as I'm listening, and this is just me as a, as a listener to your podcast, I find myself putting myself in the position of someone in that congregation because I now have a better understanding of the culture and why it was being preached. I don't know if that's that something exactly you guys had planned. 
That was exactly the goal, though. We, I mean, we say it on the show a lot too. Like, imagine putting yourself in the shoes of a person back then. But we, we, uh, what got to me was there was a sermon by Bonhoeffer called "Overcoming Fear," and I read it and I was really impressed with it. But when I went back to read the date and the information on it, I found out that the week he preached that. The Friday before, so Sunday to Friday, the Friday before, communists and Nazis in the street had gotten in this big brawl. And when I looked it up, basically the Nazis had marched through the streets of Germany, Berlin, where he was, and they said, we want to make Hitler the chancellor of Germany. And the communists, the brown shirts came out and were like, no, you're not. They get in this huge fight. There's torches. It's a crazy mess. And then two days later, these people show up to church terrified, I'm sure. And Bonhoeffer gets up and goes, do not be afraid. You have nothing to worry about. Jesus is in the boat with us. Like what on earth do you have to be afraid of when you're afraid, run to him in fear. And it just, it made so much more sense when I understood the context of it. And honestly, it was so much more brave of him to preach that sermon because that's not a sermon I think I could have given in that moment. And when I tried to think of myself as somebody in that church in that moment, I thought, wow, that's amazing. And when I thought about that, I was like, we need to do that with all of these sermons. Like these sermons have to feel like you're in the, you're in the pew with them. And if you feel that moment where you're almost like losing yourself in it, I think that it is a much more powerful sermon that way. And you really come to appreciate it. If we just gave you the sermon and said, here it is in old English, do your best with it. I think we would have people who enjoy it, but I don't think it would be, I don't think the show would be nearly as impactful and would have, um, would have the same, it just, I don't think it would be doing justice to what, what we have before us if we did it that way. Yeah. And you know, I want to take a break after this break. What I would like to do is I want to talk about why you choose the sermons that you do. I know that you are selective and you, you also you you choose them based on being not only older but not having in digital form anymore, but also the the people you that you choose as speakers. So I want to go into all that after this message. Hey, I'm Joel. Hey, this is Troy. Have you ever thought about how many sermons have never been listened to because they were never recorded because they came out before recordings? On our podcast, Revive Thoughts, we take the roughly 1900 years of sermons and try to bring them back to life. We talk about the history, we talk about the setting, and every week we have a different speaker deliver these sermons for us to listen to once again. So this is your chance to listen to sermons by people like Calvin, by people like Spurgeon, by people like Knox, and maybe some people you've never heard of, like Johann Tauler or Alexander White. Let us live and move and have our being and deal with men as if a dying, risen, interesting... See poor Lazarus in his full frightening misery and behind him Christ. The hand cannot alone deliver man. The body must... Co- you can find Revive Thoughts on any podcast app or player that you have and at revivethoughts.com. We hope you learn something new and grow closer to God. Hey, I'm Daryl, and I'm here with my wife, Karen. What's up? And we're the hosts of the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, the podcast that seeks to answer the question that we all asked, what are we even doing here? We cover topics such as marriage, family, life, and living a Christian life in this crazy world. We don't have all the answers, but we know where to look. Subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud as we seek the kingdom of God and find out what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. So, Troy and Joel, what are we doing here? Oh, that's right. We're talking about revived thoughts. So let's revive yes. some thoughts. Tell, Walk us through why you choose the sermons you do i you know even in that that promo we just played you give a little bit of of the history not wanting guys who are you know we could just go and listen on sermon audio wait i guess that means you're not going to be re-preaching any of mine huh man oh all right well they weren't on this show i i thought maybe you can improve on them because when i (laughs) preached them they weren't that good the first time (laughs) That's some really good speak. Well, it's funny too, because we actually get asked a lot. Like it'll be a very regular question. Can you do a sermon by Martin Lloyd Jones or Leonard Ravenhill? And we're kind of like, well, one of the rules that we kind of have for the show is we don't do sermons that you can already listen to because you can already listen to them. And and you mean, listen to them by the person who actually preached them. Right. Exactly. Because I mean, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, I think, has been preached sure. by more people, more times, everywhere. Like, with, when I had my idea, one of the things that I talked over with Colleen is I said, you know, we're probably going to have like a dozen copies, of a dozen <laughs> editions of mm-hmm. Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Some will be monotone, some won't be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? But but you're you're targeting people who they themselves, in their own voice, is not recorded. 
Exactly. Because yeah. there's no point if some if we can have the original speaker, I think the original speaker probably did it best. So go listen they're the to ones that his did it, passion yeah. <laughs> and go listen to him. So we're not going to touch anybody mo- for the most part. That's that's because about, like, you haven't heard my sermons, right? Yeah. <laughs> from the 1940s on, we don't touch them. But after that, one certain out of audio, we go after them. Um, we try to. I don't know. I, I, we get asked this question on the, on the interviews and I always want to like, I wish I had some magical key. I'm like, well, if you think of it this way, but we really don't, there's not an exact science. There's two degree. I, there's some practical things like how long is the sermon? Um, some of those guys from the 1500s, 80 page sermons all run on sentences. I try not to do as many of those because I just don't have the headspace and the time to mm-hmm. devote to them. They can, I mean, there are some of these sermons have taken over five hours to get right. So I don't want to, I don't want to do that to myself. Um, other times we just go, okay, we've we done a bunch from the 1800s. Let's switch it out and, you know, do something from the 1600s for a while. Try to try to get the whole, uh, the, the goal for me would be to try to have a sermon from every continent and pretty as many countries as possible. And a goal for me for the show is to have at least one or two sermons from every century. We're going to always have more from the 1800s and 1700s because that's, closer to us but if i can have sermons from the 400s 500s 600s and they're good and they're high quality that's that would be something i'd like to see but so i've got it so all i all i have to do is go to antarctica and preach without it recorded but someone writes it down your sermon will get in there because you won't have any from antarctica oh i figured it out (laughs) and i can't wait to do the background so there was this crazy person (laughs) (laughs) what in the world was he doing in antarctica (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes too we get recommended sermons from our listeners we get um joel has found sermons for us he's got one that we're cooking up right now that i'm excited for when mm-hmm. it comes out uh there is again there is sometimes i look at a speaker and i go this is a great speaker let me see what sermons they have that are matching i go oh cool sometimes it's the opposite i go these are some great sermons who spoke the sermon sometimes i get sermons I'm like this is a great sermon and then i look at the person and i go well yeah, maybe not. The, maybe they're not the world's greatest person, but the sermon is great, and so we're going to move forward with it, and we're just going to sure. flesh that out in the background. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about that because you did an episode right. where you you put an a caveat before the, the episode, mm-hmm. and it was it's something that I in so you want to be a podcaster. We talk about how to deal with when you have a guest that you may not agree with, and we we talk about how to handle things like that. Well. You guys did that very well, even though it wasn't a guest. You explained, hey, look, we don't agree with his theology. Here's where we would disagree. This is where he may have not. But the sermon was good. The sermon had an impact on the community. And this is what was good about it. Here's what the historical setting to it. Because the reality is, I think, as we go back in history, we're going to find less and less people we would say we agree with today because our theology has been developed more and more over time. And guys from the first centuries especially, they didn't have their theology so well-defined as we do today. So it, there's like a mix of things. It, you know, I mean, for a great example was I, I had to, in seminary, write a paper on uh, Augustine and his view of the end times. Now, many people look at Augustine as someone who is amillennial. And, you know, a lot of what he said is used for amillennials and, and for the position, but guess what? I ended up discovering in the research that he was actually premillennial in this mm-hmm. sense. He actually believed that the, that thousand year period was a literal thousand years. He just thought he was in it. And so you go, well, who gets to use him then? Right. So much <laughs> of the Catholics use him, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I mean, because he, he didn't have everything worked out so cleanly that we could go, oh yeah, he's in our camp or he's not in our camp. They were a mess until they worked it out throughout history. And I think you did an excellent job of going, okay, here's here's what we didn't like about him. Here's what we did. So you gave the caution to your audience to go, hey, don't believe everything this guy says. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's something we've had to do on, on a few different speakers. There's a lot of different, because like you said, exactly. Like once you get far back there... You, you know, the, the theology is just so different than, than what we think of. And even just the personal cultures and yeah. circumstances that are around these people that lived 400 years ago are not things that we would find acceptable in today's day and age. Um, and so, you know, we don't condone a lot of the lifestyles around certain um, cultures um, during that time. Uh, but the thing that I always usually will fall back onto is saying is just, uh, God can use imperfect people to yes. do incredible things. And so just, you know, just because 
the the people aren't perfect doesn't mean that God can't use them to speak to a lot of people to make a big difference for them. Yo, uh, we had a sermon by Johan Tyler. I remember posting it and telling people about it. And we had a response, a comment came in. It was like, well, he's not a reformer. And I was like, I know he lived 200 years before the Reformation. <laughs> so obviously it would be hard from the 1300s right. to be to be agreeing with Martin Luther. He came out before, but, you know, little known fact, Martin Luther read a lot of this guy's sermons, was really inspired by him. The point, though, is I don't, I just, in my mind, I go, look, my audience is intelligent. You, if you listen to the backstory and you think, you know what, that guy's not for me, or you listen to the sermon and go, I don't agree with that, okay, we don't think you will agree with every single sermon. I don't think every single aspect of church history I agree with. You know, there's lots of things in church history that we go, I don't know if I would have done that. But sure. I like to put myself in their shoes, and I think if they looked at us and they could see into the future and see us, they would go, wow, there's a lot of stuff they're doing I don't think I agree with either. Right. So I just, I really think we should be careful not to think that we're better than people behind mm-hmm. us just because we have technology and stuff like that. We think, oh, we are very smart. We would never make those decisions. Like, oh, I think that we make a lot of decisions they would look down on too. Sure. And we never want to, uh, like one of the, one of the, the facets of our shows, we never want to sugarcoat history or water yes. it down. Like we want to, we want to be honest with our listeners and let them kind of, you know, decide for themselves what they think of a person. So we'll say like, here's all the incredible things that this guy did, but he also, you know, executed people by burning them at the stake or, uh, they own slaves or something like that. So they, they can see kind of the, the, the pros and cons or where that person is coming from. And, and again, the, the cultural stigmas around what was going on around that era. And for theology, we, we tend to take just a very neutral take on it. We try to just let the audience decide for things like themselves. We don't want to subscribe to one camp or over another, because I, I think that there is things we can learn about God and seeing it from different perspectives, especially historically, I think helps to sharpen my faith in a way. Like I may not agree with that. And after listening to a sermon by that, I go, yeah, this is why I don't agree with it. Or I go, Oh, interesting. I wouldn't have considered that way. Interesting to hear that. There's a, um, a sermon we're working on that will come out soon. From a complete nobody, a complete unknown, I didn't even mean to find this sermon. I was looking for somebody else's sermon when I found it. But he he basically makes this really interesting point where he goes, look, like we stand on the shoulders of all these great men that came before us and their words can live in us. Like the Christian faith, the things they said basically can live in us today if we understand them and know them. And yet at the same time, they're not going to all agree with each other. In fact, some of them are going to disagree with each other and would have thought they were in the same room, but it's still good to know it. And it helps us and it helps us be prepared to answer the questions of today, which literally this sermon sounds like an advertisement for our show, but it wasn't. It was just a sermon that this guy was preaching at the time. And I was like, that's really the heart of what we're doing. We're not trying to put up a bunch of people that agree with us that say everything the way we say it. We're trying to just teach you the history and let you hear these things and decide them for themselves. And that's one of the things too, we'll find that like our listeners, when I ask them who their favorite speakers are, they're completely all across the board because certain speakers and preachers just meant more to some people than they did to others. Yeah. You know, when I was in seminary, my, my seminary professor, he was the Dean of the theology department. And yet he was the guy that could teach history. I mean, he, when he, you took a church history class with him, it came to life. But one of the things, because of those two disciplines in areas he taught, I started to notice that he was doing something. He would not just talk history, but he would talk theology and history. So he was, he was giving you the history to see how the theology was formed because when, you know, our theology wasn't formed in a vacuum. And I was doing a conference, uh, and I ended up inviting him out. And what I wanted him to do, I said, I, I would like you to do a history of theology. So in other words, go through the history and explain how history affected the theology, because it was one of the things I found he did so well, and, and put things in the perspective so you understand that's why they thought this, because they were in a, in a time and a culture that's different than ours, and when you understand that, you understand what was going on, because much of our history, sorry, much of our theology is, comes out of heresy. I mean, that's where our history, the history comes in, because when we understand why was, you know, what was going on with Luther and Erasmus and the bondage of the will and the freedom of the will? And you start to dig into those books and, and you start to know the battle that those guys had with it. Well, that helps to understand why they wrote and how it, it clarified things in Luther's mind. And he ended up taking that seminar that I asked him to do. He ended up developing a full semester class 
And he told me when I took the class, he said, this was because of you. <laughs> He's like, he said, this was out of your inspiration. He took, he created a class that we didn't have at the seminary, history of theology. And we would spend an entire semester going through the history, looking at what was the heresy that popped up and then the response to it. That's how we got the Trinity. It was, it was a response to heresy. And I think that's where what you guys are doing is so good because it, it puts the sermons in that perspective. And so you guys have this unique niche of being able to look at church history, sermons, theology. You bring this together into your podcast in a very, very unique way. Um, and so I, I want to talk to you about you know how you're hearing. I know you guys talk that you get a lot of feedback from your your audience, which is always good. And I want to hear some of the feedback you get. What are, what how that motivates you guys as podcasters? I want to do that just after this break right here. The Five Solas Podcast, a weekly podcast hosted by James Watkins that is dedicated to the Reformed theological distinctives and their continued relevance for the church and world today. Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. Join us each episode to discuss the truths of these foundational rallying cries of the Protestant Reformers, the prophetic challenge they present, and the sound wisdom they provide. As we delve into their biblical meaning and theological significance and reflect upon and appropriate their truths, we will be engaging issues in the church and world. Each week, from the rich insight of Reformation Christianity, we will be showing all the manifold ways in which this material helps challenge and direct the current church in its life of worship and witness, and confront the idols of our age with biblical discernment and a sound apologetic in a manner that is as open and transparent as possible, while challenging you to seek the glory of God in all that you do. Soli Deo Gloria. Hello everyone, Daniel Minnick here. I host a podcast called Truth Espresso, and I am inviting you to join in. So what can you expect at Truth Espresso? Well, at Truth Espresso, we wake up our minds every Monday with a robust shot of truth. Let's dig deep in the Word of God as we get to know our God better together. Let's challenge our view of the world as we take apart conventional politics with a fine-toothed comb. See all that Truth Espresso has to offer by going to www.truthespresso.com. And by the way, Truth Espresso is now a member podcast of the growing family of the Christian podcast community. Check out other faith-building shows at christianpodcastcommunity.com, hosted by Striving for Eternity Ministries. So a couple more podcasts that are members of the Christian Podcast community. We are glad to be part of that, and it is an enjoyable community. And you guys are part of it, too. That's really the thing that uh, I've, I really enjoy, the, the fellowship and some of the camaraderie and discipleship that goes on within our community. So let me ask you guys, you get a lot of feedback from your audience. How does that help motivate you? What's some of the feedback that you end up hearing? I think the thing that we hear the most, which was what we hoped secretly we would hear, I maybe I should maybe I should preface it with this. When we first told people the idea for this show, we heard a lot of people say, I think that'll have a niche audience. Yeah. I think a lot of people said, Oh, that's a good idea. I don't think I would listen to that, but you know, somebody should do it, so go for it. And we felt we understood where they were coming from, but there was just this kind of secret hope that people would listen to these sermons, listen to the show and go, wow, I don't know. I don't understand exactly how, but that sermon from the 1600s is extremely relevant to me today. And I I don't fully get it, but it is. And that is actually, I would say the number one thing we hear is that people are like, this is really like, this is, you guys did a good job on the production and this is so relevant. Like God use this in my life. Yeah. I'm always, I'm constantly blown away. We get so much feedback um, where like it's, it's not just a historical, you know, a church history show. It's not just educational. Like the, the people are really, um, 
writing in about how it, it's helping their spiritual walk, how they're growing closer to God, how these things are, are really, you know, inspiring them and, and encouraging them as a believer in today's society. And that is a, a, just an incredible encouragement and a huge reward. Yeah. I actually, for myself, I had to kind of do like a heart check recently because I was thinking so much of the show, like the show is a podcast and you get into all these like tips and tricks online, do this to grow the show, do that to grow the show. And I was just thinking of it as a show, as a show, as a show. And I feel like in the same week, we had like three, I mean, like multiple emails and messages and Facebook comments and stuff come in that were just like, thank you for doing this. I would have not been able to see these sermons without you. And they've been helping me a lot. And it kind of made me reflect on the fact like this is, you know, I started this with the intention of it being more than a show, kind of got into the mindset of just making it a show. And God was kind of like, this is a ministry too. Like this is, these words are reaching and impacting people today you know, deal with it more like a ministry, put it before me more than just running it as a uh, show with numbers and stuff. And it was a good heart check, but it, it happens because people are contacting us. And not to mention, we've had many of our sermons read by our listeners, people who shoot us an email and say, hey, I hear you're looking for volunteers. And we're like, yeah, we are. They'll come in. So they care enough about the show to put their own voice and time and effort into it and to help it grow. We originally started with 10, about nine episodes and we thought, we'll go with nine. And if people are enjoying this, if this is reacting well with people, we'll see how far that first season can take us. And we had 20 episodes. So we had a lot of people come in and volunteer and join up with us during that time. And then the second season, we said, okay, we'll try to shoot for another 20 episodes and see how things go. And we're, I mean, we've gone past that. We're on, I think, episode 25 with, you know, all of April and in season May. two we're yeah, yeah we're more than 40 episodes on so in the, in the series all together and we're we're doing we're, we're just kind of cruising along and people are just jumping in where they can to help out they they I don't know man it's just something that I feel like we hit a lot of people a, a need that was right there in front of us all that people just didn't realize we all had yeah and, and that's the thing I mean I think that the it's 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 not just that it's a niche thing it's like I, I've been saying because this is what you the way you guys did it I'm so glad that I didn't do what I what I wanted to do. I really am because you know what you did is so much better because it's not it's not just about the sermons. That's the whole thing with it. It's it's a history lesson. It's a theology. It's the sermon itself. And it it really is you know like I said when we when you guys won the award, it's it's very novel. There's no one else I know really doing that the way you're doing it, especially. And I think that's why so many people love it. You know, and you're getting the feedback from folks. You're getting people that are like, hey, I want to see this continue. Now, do the people who are listening, are they giving you sermons like, hey, check this one out? Check, <laughs> like, you know, does that happen a lot? Sometimes. Yeah, it definitely. They, we do get the email sometimes. Or they'll recommend a speaker um, and they'll say, hey, have you thought about this guy? And I mean... I'll be honest with you. I am currently in seminary, but I, I don't know. I did, I did not know most of the speakers yeah. that we've done. I, and we get name recommendations all the time. Where I'm like, I'm we're, we're learning that. just as much as, as everyone else, you know, making the show. Maybe that's part of it. It's like every, every episode we're excited to tell everyone because we didn't know any of this stuff either. I mean, mm-hmm. we have an episode we're about to work on, on John Calvin. And I feel like the story of John Calvin sounds like it's pretty known when I sent, when I was writing the script and I sent it to Joel, we were both like, I didn't know any of this stuff yeah. happened to him. This is super interesting. Well, you know, it'd be really neat. I think for you guys to do, I mean, one thing that I would, I would say is, is to do as a, sh- as a change, if you in your show notes were able to put the sermons in there, because I know you guys kind of edit them and, and redo them a bit, then people could read along with the sermon uh, in the show notes as, as they go. I mean, we, every episode we do have the sermon up on our website. So if they do want to read along, they, they can, it's up there for them to check a look at. Is what it I was in actually the, thinking of this week, though, is I might start putting up some of the original manuscripts so people can just see what a stark contrast it is between what they end up listening to in their ears and what they, not the wording, like we keep the intent and the meaning very clear. We keep a lot of the phrasing, but just how different something from the 1500s looks. And they, they yeah. don't even use the same letters as we do. Like a lot of them put this F where an S is. And so you have to go through as you're writing it and constantly replace all these extra S. It's, there's things like that that are Cult. Yeah, that, that's the old. That's the older English. That's why I, I had a guy who was. Um, we had this guy who was a sixteen eleven onlyist. Like he believed the sixteen eleven was inspired. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you don't use the sixteen <laughs> eleven. Yeah. And he's like, yes, I do. So 
he came back for evening service and I brought my 1611 replica and I said, well, here, this is the 1611. This is what you should be using. You're using the, the authorized. And so I, I took his Bible and I gave him my 1611 at the end of service. This guy could not get his Bible fast enough. He's like, this isn't even English. I'm like, that's the 1611. (laughs) So, so you do, you have it. It's in the link is where you have the, uh, the notes on the website yeah Yeah, so there'll be a in the show notes a link to the website where you can see that episode and then there's a a, a, an expansion that'll show the transcript of the sermon yeah we also put our show notes so you can see everything if you wanted to read along and or read our part and skip over our voices we understand we have that up there too so you can just the whole everything we do for the episode because we do so much scripting beforehand it's all up there so the entire episode in a way is up there yeah sometimes people want to recall a fact from the history and so they can kind of scrub through the transcript of of our history section and find that fact or um, just look through that expansion of the of the sermon itself now granted we don't put the references or sources so uh, you got to do that yourself because to be honest I just don't have the time so. <laughs> it's a lot of work. take our word for it or don't but we're not gonna you got to figure that one out on your own <laughs> all right hey listen if, since I know you guys have don't listen to this podcast because I know you guys you just don't don't are not regular listeners you don't know what's going to come right now but I think it's time for a game. Okay, it's time now to start the spiritual transition game. So now we get to find out if you really do listen to the rap report or not. Well, that's going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, let me explain the game for folks who may be listening for the first time. The way we play this game is very simple. Most people, they find it uh, very easy to share the gospel once a conversation is in the spiritual realm, once you're talking spiritual things. But the hardest thing I have found in 30-plus years of evangelism when tra- and training in evangelism is the fact that people can't figure out how to get from the natural world to the spiritual world in that discussion, to take what's ever being discussed and bring that into a spiritual discussion. And so what we have done is created a game out of it, the spiritual transition game. And we're going to play this now where what you're going to hear is either Troy or Joel uh, are going to give me something and I'm going to have to transition from whatever they give me to the gospel. Now, the way you could play this on your own is in youth group or just as a small group Bible study is just throw an idea out there and just turn to a person and say, okay, take this topic, go to the, just make it a spiritual conversation or, or go to the gospel with this conversation and just train yourself. It's really not hard to get into evangelism when you're looking at every conversation and saying, how can I transition this? And the more you practice this game, the easier it is to not pray God, give me an opportunity to share the gospel, but to know that you can turn that conversation one way or another into a gospel conversation. So if they give me something really easy, I'm going to call them joy. And if not, I'm going to call them (laughs) troll. So, you know, we'll just... (laughs) So it's a win-win, really. Yeah. I'm so, ready. I, I think I got a I, good one. I got one. one too, so bring it on. All right, whichever whichever one of you goes first. I go first. <laughs> well, you guys want to sit and discuss and figure out who, you know. No, 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 I'm ready. I'm ready. So we, I'm, I'm just, am I just setting you up with yep, a, just, with like a sentence? Yep, just either a sentence or an object or a, th- All right. a thought. Andrew, Andrew, uh, I want to tell you about uh, this new brand of hot dogs I just purchased. I, I've i been eating a brand A hot dog, but I recently tried brand B hot dog, and they're superior by far. You need to try brand B hot dog. Well, they're superior because they're Hebrew national hot dogs, and, and they're therefore <laughs> kosher. And so they, they, they just, they're obviously because they were blessed by a rabbi, that makes them oh. better. <laughs> <laughs> But, well, you know, there there is a thing where when I grew up, I believed that the the only hot dog you're allowed to eat is Hebrew National. Really? Because, <laughs> well, because it was kosher, because I was mm-hmm. raised in a Jewish home, you didn't oh. eat any other hot dog. And I, I remember a time when I was at one, you know, I was at a friend's house and they had hot dogs and their hot dogs didn't taste the same. And I came home and I asked my mother if we could have, you know, the, this other hot dog brand, which now I don't mm-hmm. remember. And she was like, no, we don't eat that. And I'm like, okay. And I, so I had this thing where it was like the only hot dog you eat is Hebrew national. Like that is the only hot dog for Jewish people to ever eat. Mm-hmm. And 
it was the idea that you couldn't have anything else. And I had this thought that like, there's something better out there that I'm just, I'm just, I have to have it. So like when, when I could, anytime I could try any other hot dog, it was like, I feel like I'm missing something in life if I don't I have these other hot dogs because like everything was like restricted to me other than Hebrew national. And I ended up discovering that, you know what? Hebrew national actually tasted better than all the other hot dogs. Oh, wow. But I didn't realize that because the thought of having something that I thought I couldn't have, mm-hmm. it made it seem like it was going to taste better. And the reality was it didn't. I mean, I just ended up in my taste. I prefer the Hebrew national. But what that really was, was this thing within me where it's this idea that if it's something that I can't have, I feel like it's just going to be better. And and really that is what sin does in our life. It tells us that the things we can't have, it's going to it's gonna be so much better than it actually is. And what ends up happening a lot of times when we do things that we know are wrong, it ends up taking us where we don't want to go. And it holds us longer than we want to stay. And it always has a picture that everything's going to be great. And yet the realization hits us over and over again that that guilty feeling we have knowing we did something wrong. And it's just like that temptation of, oh, well, there's got to be something better with a hot dog. Well, that's exactly what sin tells us. Our flesh says there's got to be something better, which if you just believe in God, like you're going to be missing out on so much. And yet the reality is what I had to learn in my, in my life was I wasn't missing out by going out and doing sin. What I was missing out on was eternal life. That's really what I was missing out on. And the, the sin, after I got eternal life, after I turned and stopped trusting myself and my good works and trusted Jesus Christ, all of a sudden those things that I thought were going to give such pleasure, they fell by the wayside and paled in comparison to the, the glory of knowing I'll be glorified one day and the, the, I, the knowledge that my sins are forgiven. And so I go back to Hebrew National and go, that's the better thing. Well, the reality is, is that's what sin does to us. It tells us there's something better out there. And we think that's true. And when we give up that thought and go for what's true, we have something far better. That's it. That is far better than I would have, than what I would have come up with on my own, for sure. And that's uh, the first time I ever did one on a hot dog, too. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had no idea. I was tapping into such a sensitive uh, topic from your childhood is, is bringing it to life again, huh? <laughs> well, this is the whole thing with this game is, you you know, you want to tap into something you're knowledgeable right. on. Something personal, yeah. And because people do end up listening to something that that intrigues them. And that's where you just, you know, if there's something they, they're interested in, you, you know, that's how this whole game gets played. And I have found this is why, you know, people think I'm so good at sharing the gospel and getting into conversations. And it's really that I'm not that good. I just know how to play this game really well. <laughs> so let's let's wrap up. You guys have have seen your, your podcast, Revive Thoughts, go beyond your your expectation in, in yeah. some ways but any any podcaster has expectations and has dreams and has things they want to see with their podcast what is it you want to see for the future of revive thoughts i mean now i mean you've already hit the pinnacle of winning the christian podcast awards so <laughs> exactly, I, I don't yeah. know what there's left for you but but what is <laughs> what do you have on the horizons yeah, I mean, there are different kind of, uh, I don't know if you would call them spinoff shows, but we'd love to create some type of a, of a daily devotional um, show that we could do with, because uh, there are people from history, like Spurgeon has several uh, collections of daily devotionals that are just, just sitting there waiting to, and, and you know, there's books that people read um, that include those devotionals, but it would be neat to have just, you know, a little five minute thing that people could listen to as part of their morning routine or something like that. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, letting our insider knowledge out. So, you, you know, if you, if you, if someone listening wants to create that podcast, you guys do that as well. But there's, there's a, a few things that we'd, we'd love to kind of branch out uh, and kind of play around with different aspects of church history for our Patreon subscribers. We do what we call a history deep dive where we kind of spend just a huge chunk of time, like an hour and a half um, just examining 
and getting to know a specific portion of church history. There's no sermons, um, but it's just kind of a, a way to to get a better understanding of what's going on. We just had an episode on the Salem Witch Trials, which was a lot of fun. We Oh my gosh, we did so much research um, and we had a blast kind of summarizing that in a way that, uh, that hopefully made sense to our listeners. So things like that as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the majority of the core show, we, we just want to keep making it. And thankfully there, like I said, there's 1900 years of, of history. So there's no shortage of content. It's just a matter of uh, the work that goes into updating these old manuscripts and, and finding uh, volunteers to read them. And uh, if, if one of your listeners is listening to my voice right now and says, Hey, that sounds like an awesome project. I'd love to, you know, volunteer to read a sermon, um, by all means, we, we'd love, we would love to, to have you on the show as a, as a narrator. We have kind of a process that, um, we put volunteers through to have a little test recording. Um, but feel free to email us at revive thoughts at gmail.com. Uh, and we'd, we'd love to get back to you as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, your, your episode on the Salem witch trials, the, the, well, the, the revived thoughts edition of it, where you right. talked about it, I, you got me where I was like, man, I want to be a patron. Um, <laughs> I'm just in a position where I've actually pulled back all of my personal support that I've given to many ministries because mm-hmm. we're planting a church. And so church plant takes a lot. And so I'm that trying to, yeah. that, that's where the priority is. And yeah. I've, I've pulled back even from the donations I give to my own ministry that I work for. So, um, <laughs> but that, that becomes the, the importance. So I'm like, Oh, I want to listen to this. So, um, <laughs> But, you know, maybe, you know, I could know some of the guys that are doing it and they can maybe send me an MP3. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about the show. We might be able to work sometime. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys coming on. I love your podcast. I love the way you're doing it. I think it's it's great. I think it is well-deserved in winning the award at one because I do think that last year out of all the, the podcasts that were reviewed, um, it, it was amazing how that one was just top of the list with, with everybody that we, that does the, the voting and we pull in from a lot of different people, just asking people throughout the year what podcasts are listening to, which ones they think are better than others, which ones they, they think are really, you know, ones that others should listen to. And we were getting a constant, consistent message that, uh, it, it really was you and you guys and just thinking. And people love those two, and those two are very, very different type of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those are those are some that everyone should be listening to. So I thank you guys for coming on. Uh, keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to listening to what you guys have coming. You just kept you just kept dropping. You know, no, you know new revelations here. You didn't drop, well, you dropped a little bit of some ideas, but yeah. you, you just said we're liking, we're really working on a great episode. You didn't, nothing. We, we got no exclusives here. Oh, so sad. You're going to, you're going to have to tune in to find out. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on and folks go to uh, whatever podcast app you have, look up revived thoughts and start listening. In fact, what you really should do is binge because your home, your, you're not allowed out of the house anyway. Just download all 40 episodes and start listening. Listen to yeah. all of them. And uh, so I encourage you to do that. Now, if I could, if I could recommend, sorry, if I could recommend uh, some some ones to start off with, I really love our uh, our episodes on uh, Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and uh, our Hudson Taylor ones are are great. Those those, and we have I think two episodes out with each of those, but uh, those are probably my favorite episodes. So if you're looking for a place to start, find the Dietrich Bonhoeffers or the Hudson Taylors. Those are both really good ones. All right, and until next time, remember to strive to make today an eternal day for the glory of God, and that's a wrap. This podcast is part of the Striving for Eternity ministry. For more content or to request a speaker or seminar to your church, go to strivingforeternity.org.